Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where today we're going to talk all things WTA, handicap some tennis, preview the week to come, spread, as always, joining me from the other side of the country. It's uh, nice and early up there. How's the sunrise look, spread? Oh my gosh, it's beautiful here right now. I mean, uh, you know, probably a little climate change happening, but to get uh, 70 degree days in February is pretty nice. What do you think, Jorge? Any chance it's 70 degrees up where you are? No. <laughs> no, maybe minus 70. <laughs> I think we're probably actually closer to minus 70 legitimately than 70 Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, February is brutal. It's not too bad here yet, but it's we had a couple days where it was like between 0 and 15, which is just the best. Uh, but you get those lovely blue skies. It's nice and crisp outside. As long as you're wearing enough stuff, I actually don't mind it. All right, let's jump into the week that was, uh, to the week that's coming ahead. I know we talked just about everything last week. I guess, do you guys have any thoughts real quick, I guess, before we jump into Dubai on uh, Magdalenette's win and uh, Wah win this morning? Uh, Spread or Jorge, anything you want to talk about there? No, good for good for her. I mean, we said it all week on the scopes, and I'm, I don't know why I didn't jump in, if not before the tournament, at least after the first or second round on an outright. It was the prime spot for her to win. It's exactly... Uh, the kind of level of tournament and and field that uh, that Magda kind of builds her uh, ranking points against, and um, yeah, I, I said it all week, and I didn't didn't follow my own advice, and there you go, I'm I'm sitting uh, with no winning ticket as a result. Very sad spread. Anything else you want to talk about um, in Wawin? Just basically that from now on, when Lynette's in a 280, we need to basically be uh, going over her draw very carefully because. Uh, as Jorge said, those are the type of fields that she's going to excel in. And uh, I kind of feel the same way where we had mentioned it and we had talked about it and we didn't bet it. And uh, boy, do we feel silly now. But, um, you know, great win for her. And obviously that's the type of situation she excels in. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that as the season continues. Now the other final we had this morning in St. Petersburg, Kiki Burton's. Um, played a fantastic week of tennis, continues it today with a pretty quick win over Rybakina. Uh, Rybakina will debut in the top 20, however, so good day for both women. Uh, Spread, did you get a chance to see any of the final when you got up this morning? I'm re-watching it right now. I'm at uh, about 5-1 there in the first set, so it's basically just what you said. I mean, Kiki's playing fantastic. I'm not downgrading Rybakina at, at all. That's how well I think that Burton's is playing from what I've seen so far. Uh, and overall, a great tournament for Rybakina to make it this far. And she just basically ran into a bulldozer in, in Burton's who, uh, you know, I mean, this is fantastic form. And, and, boy, she can be pretty streaky, but when she's on, she's definitely a top ten player. Now, Jorge, I know you're mad at Kiki Burton's for pulling out of Dubai, and we'll get to that a little bit later, so hold on to that. But anything you want to say about St. Petersburg? Yeah, I think, who was it? Was it you or Spread that called it on the scope that uh, Rybakina, I think it was you that said Rybakina was looking real... Uh, grinded down against Suckery at points yeah. uh, and she looked really tired and I think that was probably emblematic or, or indicative of uh, of how this match ended up uh, ended up going and you know she uh, clearly loves St. Petersburg you know Snyze spoke about it as well on our on our periscopes like the conditions probably really favor her um, and uh, you know she can she can use a big serve indoors but also in rallies um, she's got a higher bounce on a slower court uh, which she also enjoys so you know that's back to back now in St. Petersburg four, and she didn't look all that troubled this week. I'm, I, I don't think I opposed her 
um, at all this week. If I did, it was once on a small play with a huge underdog. So I'm glad I, I didn't get into the uh, fade Kiki mode this week <laughs> because uh, I would have learned the lesson that you learned uh, uh, last year, the year before on, on not doing that. I would have learned it the hard way. Yeah, I had, I think the only match, I had some Kuder Matova in her match there, but a nice week for Kiki Burton. She takes the week off in Dubai where we have a premier tournament. It switches back and forth between being a premier and a premier five. So just a premier this year. Uh, Doha will be a premier five. As we start to look at the draw, um, you know, we have some better players here. So let's still go quarter by quarter since we do have, even though we do have a smaller draw. So first quarter, the number one seed, Simona Halep gets a bye in the first round. And you've got Allison Risk, Owens Jabor, Elise Mertens, Wang Jiang, uh, Maria Sakari, and Arena, the Amazonian warrior princess, Sabalenka spread. Well, who do you think comes out of this first quarter? I mean, it's pretty chalky, right? But Simona looks pretty good here. But this is not a normal quarter. I mean, I think that you could realistically say that any of these women have a chance, right? There's no pushovers. There's no easy matches. And um, I think the books, when you see the lines, they're going to reflect that, uh, how competitive this quarter really is. Um, from an outright perspective, I'm not really too excited to get involved with this quarter. Um you know, I think a Sabalenka red line can take it, but she's going to have to play some tough tennis because she's going against some grinders. You know, even that first match against against Sakari, if she's, you know, had a little bit of time to rest and travel and she's back to full strength, that's going to be a tough first match. It's a great matchup for Sabalenka, but, um, you know, Mertens or Wang in, in the next round, or Wong, excuse me, that's going to be another grind, you know, and then... Um, if she does face Simona next, that's going to be a grind too. So uh, this is really uh, a high-level tournament, I mean, from the first round on. There's not one match that I'm, like, disinterested in. It really is. This is a fun quarter too. And, and like you said, as you start to look at some of the prices, because Simona has a buy, I mean, she's only plus 125 to win the quarter. She's the favorite to win the tournament. I'm seeing at plus 450. I'm looking to see Sabalenka's at 10 to yeah. 1, and then nobody else really from that quarter in the top half here are the odds. But what do you see in Jorge in this first quarter? Uh, I'm going to look for a way to oppose Simona Halep. Um, she played this event last year. She played it in 2016, did not play it 2017 or 18. Um, and I do believe that both Doha and here are a bit quicker. I don't want to say like they're super fast um, and get myself in, in trouble, but uh, but I do believe they're quicker courts. And if you look at her results here, she lost first her first match, round of 16, um, in Dubai in 2016 to Anna Ivanovic, skipped it the next two years, came back last year. And I find it interesting that she snuck by Jeannie Bouchard, 7-6-6-4, not even coming close to covering the spread. She beat Lesia Serenko. Um, you know, standard. And then she lost to Belinda Bencic. Anyone who can strike the ball decently um, and stay consistent is probably going to trouble her here. So, you know, Sabalenka's form kind of puts me off there. I think she gets by uh, uh, Maria Sacri fairly easily just because the courts are a bit quicker. And Sacri came off a really long week. So as much as she can grind her down, I do think Sabalenka will be okay in that match. But I'm looking at Elise Mertens here. Uh, someone who has gone down under now and had a, a few nice results at the Aussie Open where, you know, the years, the first year she did, I believe they were still quicker courts. This year the show courts weren't, but the outside courts were, were still a bit quicker. So she can deal with the fast court. She's very consistent. She's not going to hit a ton of errors. And I, I really like that spot for, for Elise to come through here. I'm seeing a plus 400 or, or $5 to win the first quarter on her at bet 365. 
the other two that are probably a, a tiny bit of value, uh, but I don't like to exert myself too much on outrights, are uh, Kyung Wong and Allison Risk, both who can deal with quicker courts at plus 900 and plus 1,000. I don't think there's much value in Arena. Uh, there's definitely no value uh, in Suckery off of a long week, so I'm going to go ahead and, and go at least Mertens to win the quarter at plus 400 is really uh, is really intriguing to me. And I believe, did she play? No, she did not. Yeah, she played Halep and lost in a match that she looked really good in that first set at the Aussie Open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, but, but Jorge, look, she played Halep and lost at the Aussie Open. And I say, yeah, it was a close match, 6-4, 6-4. She looked great in the first set, probably outplayed Halep. Uh, lost in key moments, and I think this is a great chance for her to come back and, and have a redemption match. And again, the head to if any if there's any head to head skewing anything here, I'm all for it. And uh, that that's a price I like uh, for the first quarter. Yeah, I like kind of what both of you said there. You know, you start with Halop, and as much as I like her and think she's always a threat to in any tournament, the pricing is really prohibitive there. You look at Sabalenka, I like exactly what you said, Spread. This is just going to be a mentally exhausting tournament for her. She plays literally just someone that's going to be firing the ball back at her over and over and over again three times in a row and maybe even a fourth time when she gets to the semifinals. So you kind of pass on her. Um, Mertens is interesting. I, I like that spot. Uh, Jorge, I think that Wong in the first round is going to be kind of tough. And if she does get Sabalenka in the second round, that's just a bad matchup for her. Sabalenka usually beats her. Um, I'm trying to think. They've played a couple times last year, and I think once even already this year. But um, not a great matchup for her. The name you did mention that I liked, Jorge, was Allison Risk. I see her actually 12-1 to to win this first quarter. Mm. I think she's got a very winnable match against Ons Jabor in the first round. And then, you know, if she comes out and is serving well against Halep, I mean, you're in great shape there. And I've got 12-1 to 1 in the quarterfinals against maybe Mertens, maybe Sabalenka. I just think the bottom half of the quarter is so messy. I could really see any of the four of Mertens, Wong, Sakari, or Sabalenka coming out. Um, Sakari looked really good last week. I could actually see her maybe making a run here. But the name that I'm going to attack here is Allison Risk. I'm going to grab some of her to win the quarter 12 to 1. But nothing really from an outright perspective. I think that, um, let me see, Risk's number. She's 66 to 1 to win the whole tournament. That's probably about right. Uh, maybe just a little bit of value there. Maybe that should be closer to 40 or 50 to 1. But I think I'll just settle with the 12 to 1 on the quarter. Um, so, hey, go ahead. So, if you like uh, uh, Maria. I would almost, I would wonder if next week would be the the best spot to do it because she is coming from St. Petersburg. She played up until uh, the six. We're recording this on Sunday, the sixteenth, so until yesterday, and she played three three setters uh, throughout the week and clearly did not, you know, look that great in the third against uh, Rybakina. So I wonder if, you know, the travel now down to the Middle East and then having to play a big hitter if she's fatigued. I don't know if she's going to have the the endurance to, to be able to, and to withstand the heavy balls from Sabalenka. I almost wonder if you like her here, maybe check out the draw next week in, in Doha and see if if she loses her first match here, gets to Doha. Or, and I'm not sure if she has to qualify. I haven't seen the cutoff uh, there. But she's top, no, she's top 25 in the world. She doesn't have to qualify. Um, I'd almost wonder if that might be the spot to maybe attack a, a, a sucker of, a, outright of some sort. Yeah, that, that, those courts are obviously much better for her game, and I like her form, but you're right, the travel spot's a little tough, and you start to look at the draw, and that's tough, so probably put a pin in that till next week, so just risk for me in that quarter. Now you know what's going to happen, right, Noops? Now that I've talked you out of it? Sacrament's going to win the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to cut this little piece out, and maybe we'll post it. We'll see. That'll be fun. Let's send it to Maria. She'll be really excited. All right, guys, any other thoughts on the first quarter before we jump down into the second? No. Svitolina 
Muguruza, Vondrusova, Sevastova, a qualifier, Yastremska, Kim Kleisters, and Garbina Muguruza, not Kiki Burton's, folks. And don't worry, Jorge, we're going to hold on to that rant for the, until we get to the first round matches, try to give the people something to be excited about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, Svitolina, I guess he's not playing Muguruza, actually. She's got a qualifier there, so a pretty big opportunity for her, I think, to possibly take this quarter. You know, she's got a qualifier, then the winner of Vondrusova, Sevastova. Could be interesting. Um, but what do you think here, Jorge? Do you like Spinalina's chances to uh, make the semifinals? I, yeah, only because she does fairly well in Dubai. I believe she's won this tournament multiple times. It's either this or Doha. I no, know for a fact. She won this tournament she won in 2018 and 2017. Right. So and, she won and, last year. and last year she. Did she win it last year? Uh, ben no, no. did, right? Yeah, she lost to Benchic in the semis in a third set tiebreak. That's right. Yeah. Uh, now that you mention that. Um, yeah, she does really well here, and she's made the semis three years running. That alone almost makes me want to to bet it, but at plus 225, I can't. Um, I lean towards... It. The, the thing is, this is so heavily juiced to the favorites, and it's hard to make a case against her or Garbina coming out of this quarter. And I just think that, you know, the way Garbina's looked this year, uh, she's spoken about how... The relationship with her coach has actually helped her game a lot. And plus 250, I'm not a huge fan of betting that on outright markets, but that might be value. Just because her game type absolutely just bothers Alina Svitolina to no end. We saw it at the Aussie Open. I'm not a fan of head-to-head, but I am a fan of analyzing matchup styles. And historically, if you ask you know, our good friend John Joe, he'll tell you Alina Svitolina struggles with big hitters of the ball. They just hit her off the court. And if they find a, cons- a zone of consistency, Alina just kind of looks up, uh, you know, to her coach and uh, to her box and says, like, there's nothing I can do. Like, there's literally nothing she can do. Um, there's the ga- there's no game plan to get her through that match. So if that if that's the the case here, I, I have to say that Garbini is the value. Um, and in their they were originally lined in their first round match as almost a pick I think Garbino was like minus 118 at some books. And I I told you guys, I go, how do they justify that? The way that, you know, we know that Alina struggles so much against hitters and the way that Garbino destroyed her. I, I, yeah, I, I'd lean Garby over Svitolina here, even though Alina's made the semis three years running. What do you think, Spread? How do you see this quarter shaking out? Yeah, I like it. I almost, you know, I, I didn't want to play any on the first quarter. I almost like two here, and I'll, and I'll walk you guys through the process. Obviously, um... Jorge just talked about Garbina, and I agree with everything. Um, the mental state, rested. Um, she looked in fantastic form. So it's really hard to overlook her. I'm seeing plus 11.50 on Bookmaker. Um, I'm not going to lock it in until we discuss all these things, but that was the first one that stepped to my eye. And then if we are going to look at a long shot here, uh, the one that I like is Jastrzemska. And just basically the idea... Um, if she redlines, this is a great surface for her, um, great conditions, and you know, so I'm trying to see, so my um, tennis draw challenge is uh, still on the old one, so, but would she play Garbine there in the second round now? Yes. Did she take the number six slot? Yeah, if you're looking at tennis draw challenge, replace Kiki Burton's name with Muguruza and pretend Muguruza's see, a qualifier. See, and so, and this is where like, right, I shouldn't take both of them, right, because they're going to play in the second round. Yeah. So I pretty much need to choose. And I guess it's tough, even at, you know, twice the odds. 
um, to take Yastrzemska over over Muguruza there with that second round matchup looming. Um, but I did think that she has the ability to redline, and we talk about matchups there, you know, and how Svitolina is a tough matchup. Well, I think Yastrzemska, you know, if she plays her best, could struggle Garbine because she can probably hit she can hit harder than her probably. Definitely she can hit with her, and it's a completely different um, style, and I think that's the one that gives Garbine more trouble. I think that Garbine likes to play returners. I think she likes to be the aggressor. And uh, with Yastrzemska able to dial it up, I think she could give her problems. So um, haven't made an official yet. Definitely want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. But those were the two that stood out was Yastrzemska at 24-1 to 1 and Garbine at 12-1. to 1. Yeah, from an outright perspective, again, the numbers on the outrights are so tough here. I'm going to have to think some more about whether or not I take them. I struggle with Yastrzemska's draw. The name that I had circled um, was Vondrusova, actually, at 6-1. to one. She's got Sebastian in the first round. That should be a winnable matchup. And then looking at Svitolina in the second round, um, you know, another kind of winnable matchup. And again, she avoids Muguruza and, and Yastrzemska for at least another round or so. So I was thinking about maybe Vondrusova, 6-1. to one. I mean, my favorite part about this is, uh, you know, so we got Kim Kleisters in here. She's 22-1 to one to win the quarter. I, I, I would probably bet the no on that, honestly, um, if that was an option. Just hilarious. It's, it's good for her, though. She's going to replace probably Coco Goff as the silliest odds in every tournament going forward. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, it's well, I mean, you know what? Honestly, I, I was just going to say, Marketa Vondrusova's odds now, considering how she's looked this year, are starting to border on that as well. Uh, we've lost kind of a lot of value on her on her uh individual matches i think all you're seeing all the only value you're going to see on wonder so moving forward now we're in outright markets um but i just i'm not sold on her ability to necessarily beat svitolina i think that that's a great match for svitolina Vondrasova isn't necessarily a pusher but she certainly doesn't have a ton of pace either and i, I just don't see how uh that really bothers alina um and how she how she works her way through that match yeah. I think that you guys are even going a little too quickly. I think that on these quicker courts, Savastava and her ability to use slice and kind of change pace can trouble her as well. So um, I, I do like where you're looking there, but I don't. I don't even think the first round is necessarily um, as easy as some of these other women got. I think that from a matchup perspective, uh, Savastava can cause her a lot of problems um, with the variety and how well the slice is going to play on these hard courts out here. Yeah, I think similar to Zachary, I'm going to wait maybe till next week on Vondrusova. The 6-1 to one is probably closer to right than it is wrong. Um, but that was the name that I had circled. No real plays for me here either. So I think as a group, it's spread it unless, you know, you feel pretty So good. if you guys decided that I should just take your Stromsky out, and if I want to play one out of this quarter, it should be Garbine? I mean, I mean if you, is that where you guys would be leaning there? If I tell you I'm going to take one of these two. Who would you well, guys say to take? Because well, I pretty here's, much have my mind set on taking one of the two. Here's my here's my issue is I think that Yastrzemska has a decent chance, which means uh, to beat her, which means you could probably, you know, there's, there's that's 83, for me and anyway, at Bet365, what I'm looking at, that's 83 cents in the dollar of a, of a better price. But the other issue is if you do think she has a great chance to beat her, she's going to be an underdog in that match, especially after Martin mm-hmm. Muguruza's uh, Australian opener. And so if you like Yastremska, I think you're better off just waiting, betting her match against Garbina individually and then rolling it over and betting her against Svitolina. She's going to be yep. a dog in both anyway. So I, if, if you like Yastremska, I would I would probably say wait till she gets to Muguruza's match. And I think you're going to get decent, not just like plus 115. I, you should be able to get plus 150. And if the books don't 
lay the, the that price, the market will bet it to that price. So good point. I, I mean, I yeah. would, I would, I would probably wait if you if that's the one you like in particular. I would probably not have an outright on it. I'd just wait till she gets there. And you also get the insurance of not having to play that first match. If she loses in the first round, you don't lose your money. Right, and this is we didn't really touch on this yet, but this is a nice group of qualifiers here. Uh, this is not a tournament where we can just assume and pass over these qualifiers when we're doing the draw. So that's another factor to, to put in there. So thanks, guys. Yeah, leaning towards Garbine now, and I'll, I'll have a decision for you by the end of the pod as we work our way through these bottom half. Yeah, I'm going through quickly to do, try to do the parlay math here to see if there's value on the 5-1. to one. I think you're right, Jorge. I think that Muguruza match, you probably hang somewhere in plus 150. What do you think? Um Yastremska's line would be against Fidelina in that final. I would assume in the qualifier, she's probably in the minus two hundred range. Yeah. See, for me, at five. See, now five to one is is another case because I'm staring at plus three thirty three. So that's a obviously a huge discrepancy there. Dollar uh, sixty seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, that that changes that changes the math a bit. For me, I know that it would be it would probably more valuable to go with the rollover against a plus three thirty three. The Svitolina match, I'd, I'd probably say she's still, uh, you know, in that same range as Muguruza uh, for underdog price. Yeah. So if I go plus 150, plus 150, and minus 200, put those together, it looks like I get about 8 to 1. So you might do a little better on the money line rollover spread, even with the um, 5 to 1. Excellent. Thanks, guys. All right, keep thinking about Muguruza. Um, let's keep chugging along. We'll hit the third quarter now. Petra Martic, a qualifier. Amanda Anasimova. Barbara Stritzova, another qualifier. Annette Kontivate, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, and defending champion Belinda Bencic. Um, kind of an interesting quarter. We finally start to get some more qualifiers. Um, a lot of them sit in the fourth quarter, which is kind of a joke, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, you know, What do you think, spread here, about the defending champion's chances of getting all the way to the semifinals again? Can she win this quarter? Yeah, I mean, uh, if we do like what we normally do, whereas we target which one is the weakest quarter and try and grab an outright over there, I think that this is, I'd like to hear your opinions too, but I think this is the weakest quarter here. Uh, Martich, you know, obviously, you can't even take anything um, from from the wall win debacle because I think she was just there for the appearance fee and get out of town as quickly as possible. So I'm like, I'm throwing that match out completely in the handicap so i'm going to go back to the australian open kind of um to determine her form and you know she played a nice match against gorgas um but nothing spectacular and i don't think it was near the level um that that we saw her play last year when she was on a run so even though she's sitting here at the eighth seed um not too excited about her chances would i be surprised no because this is a wta and and these women turn things around really quickly Uh, but not really too excited there uh, Annie Samova, I think, got a nice little first-round matchup with uh, Stritskova. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, but I don't really like her chances to go all the way yet. I don't, you know, mm. I don't see her really being able to win the tournament here, even though I do kind of like her draw. Um, our favorite, Kontavite, I like her, of course, but I don't really know if I like her um, to win the tournament, so I kind of crossed her name off as well. And then we have Helyuchenkova and... Benchich, and I think this is a very tough draw for Pavlyuchenkova just because of the way that their their styles match up. So I do think that this is a very nice um, draw for Belinda as much as I'm not really excited about um, her form this year. I still think this is a very winnable quarter for her. 
it's interesting. She's plus 250 I'm seeing to win the quarter. It's, am I nuts, Jorge, or is that just a little bit of value once you look at her draw? Uh, I'm actually going to go with a tournament outright from this uh, this quarter. Ooh. And I'm going with Anisimova. Oh, you are? Yeah, so I got to hear like, this. I like pocket aces too, but go ahead, Ori. So yeah, I like her first. Now, I'm. the only concern is the form down under. She, you know, losing to Zarina Diaz really threw me through the, for a loop there. But my issue with the quarter price versus the tournament price. So Elise Meritons, we were talking $5 to win the quarter. $15 to win the tournament. Anisimova is $4.75 to win her quarter, but $29 to win the tournament. To me, it's... it's So, what exactly do you think her price against Pliskova Kennan and then, you know, Halep or Muguruza or Svitolina would be in the semis and finals to justify a $24.25 discrepancy from quarter to overall outright, outright pick? So... To me, the, the the clear value here is on the tournament outright. Uh, and I think that she can beat Srichkova. She can absolutely beat Petra Maradic, who I think has improved a lot on hard courts, has a nice serve. But I am absolutely not sold on, on her being a gigantic favorite. I'd probably double down and, and play Anisimova as an individual bet if she was a, you know, a, a big plus money. And then, you know, I think the reason why the, the, the quarter versus outright is so expensive is if she would have to go through Benchich and then... Ken and Plushko than Halep, it would be a tough road. But again, math wise, there's no way that that from you could take a 475 and then take those winnings, bet the two final money lines, and get to the 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 29 odds. I just don't think you you would be able to do that. So I'll I'll take a, a tournament out right here with Amanda Inisimova, and I'm, I'm not saying like she's going to win. But I think there's there's clear value in that number, especially considering, as Spread said, I do agree that this is the weakest quarter. So I'm attacking the weakest quarter and taking a 28 to one uh, shot to do it, and I, I I'm more than willing to. Yeah, and it's it's got me feeling real good because Bovada's got an anisimova of a 33 to one. You know, I'm going to keep price shopping that. Yeah, I'm going to go to Unibet. Quarter price is even plus 450 or 5.5, so you get a little more value there. I like that quarter price. I, I think that there is value in that, and I think I'm going to take the quarter there and take the outright price. I'm going to try to pull up a couple other books while we're sitting here. Maybe Bookmaker has um, a better number than that. Um, go ahead, Spread. What were you going to say? I would say I just wanted to jump in. And I, you know what's funny is I'm going to support your point, but I'm not going to join in on the bet. Um, I watched that match with Diaz. I wouldn't take anything away from it at all. Was it windy? I was it the wind even, day? It was so windy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. it was so windy that day. That like from a tape study perspective, you, you just throw it out the window. Like it wasn't. There's nothing you can learn from it except for if it happens to be a windy day, a poser because she obviously doesn't do well in the wind, right? But I mean, other than that, there was nothing to take away from that match, and I wouldn't downgrade her at all. Um, that was the worst day of wind that I remember in the Australian Open, and I'm pretty sure I got at least three or four hours of, of <laughs> viewing in every day. So uh, just to bolster your point there, but I still struggle with taking her as an outright and not the quarter, I just don't see her getting through the murderer's row that would be the last three matches. Um, but I definitely like your quarter look there. And I definitely think that it's this is the quarter to attack because it's the weakest quarter. 
Yeah, you know, circling Jorge back to your point around the difference between the quarter price and the outright price, I, I agree that there is a little bit of a gap there, but a lot of it I think is driven by the fact that as you start to look at this and you start to look at the pricing, I think the pricing tells you a pretty clear story about the expectations from a book's perspective. And that seems to be yep. that we're going to get a Plishka of a Halep final here. I mean, they both have mm -hmm. a buy, it gives them a huge advantage. You know, maybe you see Muguruza or Svitolina come out of the top half, but it seems to be, as you look at all this pricing, the story that they're telling is a Plishka of a Halep final. Um, so I, I think that is driving a lot of the difference, just how tough those last two matches are going to be. And I agree, there's going to be Anis, value on Anna Samova there. So even if you don't take the outright, if she does win the quarter, look for her in those matchups. I think that she has a, a real chance there. But um, any other thoughts, guys, on the third quarter before we jump into the final quarter? Hopefully Contavite will surprise us all and, and have another great showing. Look forward yes. to betting the qualifiers at Doc. <laughs> Fourth quarter has Sophia Kennan, her first per play after her Australian Open victory. Um, Alina Rybakina looks like she is in the draw for now. We'll see if she decides to play. It looks like she's got a sponsor's exemption, so I think that she at the very least special, show up. Yeah, special exemption. Is it special exemption? That's what it is? Yeah. And then... Carolina Mahova, who we love, or I love on hard courts, um, three qualifiers, a bye, and Carolina Pliskova. Um, yet again, I don't know what it is the draw committee likes about Carolina Pliskova, but gosh, this is lovely. A bye, then a qualifier, and then you've got Cannon or Mahova or Ibukina, all players that can trouble her if she's not playing her best. But you think on these fast courts, I mean, this is just a stellar chance for her to, you know, at the very least win this quarter and maybe even advance to the finals. She is a prohibitive favorite. Well, not prohibitive, but from a quarter perspective, I'm seeing her at minus 150. Minus money. Yeah, which yeah. is pretty wild. So um, what do you think, Jorge? Is that minus 150? Does that make sense to you? I mean, should she be such a clear favorite um, in a quarter that features, you know, Mahova, who we know to be competitive, and Cannon, again, offer Australian Open victory? Well, I'm seeing minus 110 at bet 365. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, like, like you said, it's, it totally tells you everything you need to know. I mean... Minus money to win a quarter when you, but you've only got to do two matches to do it, and one is a guaranteed qualifier or lucky loser. Because of the withdrawal, there will be a uh, lucky loser in this draw now. So, or I believe there there will be. I think the lucky um, loser goes to Svitolina. No, no, the lucky loser is placed randomly as well as the qualifiers. Oh, okay, um, my bad. As long as it happens before before qualifying is done, so um, they, she could end up with a, a lucky loser from qualifying. And then have to beat Kennan, and then you've won your bet. That's, and I, you know what? There, there could be a letdown here from Kennan. I can't see it uh, because, like, Rabakina is going to be exhausted. She already looked beat today. She, like you said, she was already looking tired yesterday. Now she's got to fly down and play an absolute grinder who can get a ton of stuff back. There's no way she wins that match. Um, and if she does good, the fuck on her <laughs> you know like if if Rabikita comes out and beats Cannon outright like props to you because that would be one hell of a result considering the last week and then you know I can't really say Hova and, and Kennan could play an interesting match but I'm surprised that Kennan is plus 225 considering her style and she could probably trouble Karolina Pliskova moving her side to side I'm actually a little bit surprised that, that both of these women aren't prohibitive favorites, considering the fact that there's only four names on the outright market because there's three qualifiers in here. Uh, and I give the the two big names the only the, the only chance from these four to get through to the semis. So I'm surprised that you know she's not even shorter, and Mahova and Rybakina aren't even longer of a price. I'd have Kenan 
probably like plus 175 here instead of plus 225 uh, because I think essentially it comes down to Pliskova versus Kennan. And I, I think you could potentially see value in plus 225 here. If if you see it as I do, that's almost like saying, hey, Kennan to beat Pliskova is around that number. Of course, it depends on what her number is against Mahova. And, and that math factors in, but I think she'll be a, a huge favorite. She's had tons of rest, and she's ready to go. So, yeah. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, um, I agree with everything Jorge said, just so I'm not being repetitive. I just, I'll go ahead and play devil's advocate. Although, to be fair, in my little tennis draw challenge, I put Pliskova as the winner of this tournament. I think she's got a great draw here. But um, just play some devil's advocate here. Uh, here's the list of qualifiers left. We got Bogdan, Sasnovich, Kudermatova, uh, Maddox Sands, Mladenovic, Hercog, Kerstea, uh, CSN, Shea, Jennifer Brady, Siniakova, and AVU. So as you can see, this isn't the normal walkover that the uh, qualifiers might usually present. And I still think that Pliskova would be the rightful favorite and should advance against any of those women. Um, but the idea that she's just going to get like a nice little walkover and get off the court in less than an hour, I, I don't think is really accurate, especially since these women have been playing um, good tennis to get here. And we'll be a little more familiar with the court conditions. Um, but see, there's a lot of so, there's there's, and I, I'd agree with that in the top half. But there's a uh, lot of those women that you mentioned that like to ball strike, that just can't do it at, at you know sixty percent of Pliskova's level and and consistency. So I do think she's got a great chance to end up with someone who is a a bigger hitter of the ball that just doesn't yeah. do anything better than her, and she can just you know it, it will be you know a semi. You know, walk over. But, you know, if it's like a someone who can trouble her, perhaps, you know, perhaps you're right. But there's a lot of players in there like AVU who I wouldn't give a chance against against Pliskova in this spot. Mm-hmm. It's just... Yeah, I'm thinking more of like the Kirsteas, the CSNs, um, you know, maybe Hercog playing well right now. Um, Shea could definitely give her some issues. And I'm not saying she would lose. I'm just saying, you know. Uh, to, to kind of wear her down a bit. But that being said, that was just my devil's advocate, and I do believe Pliskova um, wins this quarter, and I wish I got a better number on her just because 5-1 is just too short for me to take as an outright. Yeah, the only qualifiers I think would really concern her, you've got Kudermatova, you've got Shea, and then you've got Siniakova. I mean, Shea could just outsmart her. Kudermatova, I, I just think the world to her, so she might be just as good, good and, and be able to redline. And then Siniakova, again, can beat anybody on any day. So, but Right, and I think Kerstea could wear her down, not necessarily have a chance to win, but keep her on the court in that heat for, a couple, for two and a half hours, which I don't know how, how much she would like that. It's just hard to find a way to attack Pliskova, especially in the quarter. Um, you know, her value from an outright perspective is kind of tough at plus 550. And one of the more interesting things, Bovada's got prices uh, for some pretty fun stuff It's uh, on these premieres. You know, winning quarter, we could get the winning quarter to be the fourth quarter at plus 275. So basically you get Kenneth, mm. Mahova, Pliskova all together. Um and, you know, whatever qualifiers, if there's any good ones there, at plus 275. Now, the favorite quarter is the first quarter at plus 190. Then the second quarter is plus 220. And the third quarter, clearly the worst at plus 450. But the only angle, if I think you like Pliskova, is maybe trying to find I like, do that like fourth that. quarter to win the tournament at plus 275. So you like that spread. What do you think? Yeah, that's actually a pretty cool bet. I got to get over to Bovada. I was using Bookmaker here. So let me pull that up. That is pretty cool. 
What do you think, Jorge? Does that make any sense to you? What did you say what the price for you on the first quarter was? Plus one ninety. Oh, plus one ninety. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of, of this kind of thing because whenever I try and look at that this particular like exotic market, if you will, I end up talking myself into the possibility of any quarter being able to win, and I just I can't really quantify an, an edge on the, on those types of things. So I'll I'll just I'll, I'll sit that one out and pass just because I don't. I, I've tried doing it, and I'm like, well, now I just like every quarter to win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess the way I think about it, you know, so I'm surprised that the first quarter is the favorite to win and not the fourth quarter. Plus, give us the favorite to win the tournament. The third quarter is clearly the, the worst of the quarters, so they have the advantage there. And then the first quarter, it's, you know, Halliburton, Sabalenka, I guess. Maybe Elise Mertens, maybe Zachary, maybe Risk, but... Well, you can get plus money on bottom half for winning half. Yeah, I've got plus money in the bottom half, but I figure if you take in bottom half, just take the fourth quarter. That's actually that's yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, well, Benchich is the defending champ. I think that's that's why the difference, the prices may not correlate as as yeah, maybe we're right in Benchich off a little bit, but I think I think you're right. Maybe that bottom half or, or the first quarter makes sense to me. I'm surprised again that the top half is favored or, or that the first quarter is favored because I start to look at again the draws the way they set up. Um, and who's there? Yeah. But I guess at the end of the day, they're seeing it's you know when you look at the quarters, you know they're looking at Halep and Svitolina or Muguruza versus Benchich and Pliskover Cannon. So that's an interesting. Even. That's an interesting look, if not just because you think Pliskova is going to win or is the favorite to win the tournament, but to fade Halep here, uh, she's she's doesn't play it every year. When she does play it, she she struggles with bigger hitters of the ball. Um, this is not a tournament she's been particularly good at the last five years. So, yeah, I think that if if anything, maybe that kind of exotic look would be a good Halep fade, if you will, because right now clearly her top quarter um, is favored to win it. And it's also why I like Elise Mertens to win her quarter, but I'm not going to necessarily take an outright on her um, because the prices are a lot more uh, tight together rather than like, you know, the Indisimova example I gave. So, yeah, I think that that's an interesting way to, to go about a Halep fade is to just, like, bet on a, another quarter to win because clearly she's got that price so uh, depressed. Yeah, so that's something I'm going to think about. So let, let's wrap our outrights here a little bit. The only bets that I've made so far, I've got half a unit on Anna Samova to win at 33-1. to 1. I've got a full unit on her to win her quarter at 4.5-1. to 1. And then I've got half a unit on Allison Risk to win the first quarter at 12-1. to 1. Um, Jorge, I know you had an outright, and I think one or two quarters for us. Who'd you have? I have uh, half unit Mertens at 5.00, so 4-1. to 1. And a quarter unit Anisimova outright at 28-1. to 1. All right, spread in you. Um, it's time. You're going to mean, bet Garby? Come on. Yeah. And just for Garby backers, you can get plus eleven fifty at um, Bookmaker, and at Bovada, hmm. she's only plus six hundred. So wow. head over to Bookmaker if you're uh, if you're interested in following me on that bet. So sorry, what were the odds on Garby? I got plus eleven fifty at Bookmaker. Nice. And are you gonna go full unit there? No, nah, I don't really like this tournament. Let's just go half unit. All right, we got a half unit there. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I like this tournament for watching and right. for the individual matches, but I just don't like it from an outright perspective. Agreed, yeah. That's why I'm just going to go but two small ones. I'm sorry, what was your other small one? Sometimes we pass over all the first-round matches. You had Anna Samova to win, and what was the other one? 
We're just making sure I get these down. Jorge? What was oh, sorry, name? I thought you were talking to you. Um, yeah. The Meritons, half right, unit, 4-1, right, or 5.00 for right, to win the first quarter. those down, and we'll get those in our spreadsheet so you can see them. Again, you can find that spreadsheet. There's a link to it at NetworthPod on Twitter, so you can see kind of all our plays and our outrights for the year and how we're doing. I'll go through and scrub that a little bit, see if we have anything left from the Australian Open we need to update um, or anything from last week. But um, I think that's just about it from an outright perspective. You guys ready to start going through some first-round matchups? Yeah, this is one of the best first-round matchups that we're going to be able to do, I think, all year. I mean, a bunch of really closely lined matches. There's six qualifying matches, too. Yeah. And I have a play to give out to uh, to listeners of the pod um, on a, a, quite right, a few of the qualifying matches. matches. Do you want right, to run through those first? Qualifying Anna yeah, Bogdan playing um, Alex... Uh, I forget how to say her first name. Sastovich. Um, lined pretty closely. Bogdan's minus 115. Sastovich <laughs> is minus 110. I haven't done any homework, but I love Sastovich at minus 110. What do you guys think? Uh... We were talking um, as we were getting set up about how we wanted to thank the market for this one. Because Pinnacle opened her minus 150, which is probably about right. Right? The market has moved her 28 cents to minus 105 or minus 106 at Pinnacle. Absolute thank you to everyone involved in doing that because she wasn't hurt today. There's no reason to think that. She cruised through her second round, like 6161. If I'm not mistaken, I get Bogdan's form since like November, December. She won a bunch of matches at like some smaller tournaments, looked really good on hard courts, and I get the love for her. But I still think that there's an overreaction that the sample size uh, is not big enough to say it's sustained success yet. And I think that Sastovich is the type of player to beat her. So absolutely in on Sastovich. And it's all because of the market doing it. So thank you, tennis community. Um, hopefully, she now wins. And I can make some money. Yeah, I love Sastovich here. This is everyone. a great spot for a first set under or even set unders in general. Um, if you see any set total hung at nine and a half, grab the grab the under there. What do you see here, Spread? Are you with us for, on Sastovich? I'm placing the bet right now, and I just want to ask Jorge because this is something I like to do when the market is moving against me. It Why has do before. Some of the prices have moved in the, in the last the month form. or so. The market really respects her game for whatever reason. But sorry, go ahead, Jorge. The form, it's it's the form. Um, I be, was it? Did she win the? Was it Limoges or? I know at the end of last year when um, I I think I lost once or twice betting against her in uh, November and December at all those smaller events. I had two great months. I think it was primarily because I stopped betting against her. She won the Dubai ITF, um, the one that was here in December. The you know the big hundred k plus housing where ah. there's always a, a decent amount of uh, top hundred players. And the week before, <coughs> sorry, the month before that, she won an ITF in Saint Etienne, in France. Now it, it wasn't the level of Dubai, uh, but it, it was only a 25k. But she uh, got a walkover from Dodin in the final, and she beat Diachenko. That was indoors where Diachenko excels. So you know she had a decent run at the end of last year, and I think a lot of that is playing into it. She played Limoges. Um, and then got killed by Alexandrova, though. So you see when she gets up to that WTA-level caliber opponent, uh, she really she really hasn't shown that she's taken that made that jump yet. 
So, you know, she she's 4-2 and two this year. She beat Shuai Zhang, but it was an extended third set, which probably also helps us. I was, I faded her with Krejcikova. It was 6-4, 6-4, not a blowout. Um, I'm just not seeing a whole lot of results that, that really impressed me. Wolcock and Popovich at the Aussie Open and Qualies, meh. Uh, Kudermatova, when she had that raucous Romanian crowd behind her, I'm not going to put much stock in that. I think this is a great fade spot, um, and I'm glad the, that uh, we yeah, have the opportunity to do it because I didn't think we would, and if it weren't for people betting her so heavily, we, we wouldn't have this opportunity. Yeah, and from what you said, I think that Dubai result is probably weighing heavily on the um, on the betters' minds there because I would think that the result on the same surface um, would give them reason to believe she would do it again. So. Cool. And, I'm glad that that's available to us. And, and, uh, and probably some recency bias, too, with having beaten Zhang, who's like a top 50-ish caliber player, right? So Right, um, right. But it was 7-6, and the, the tiebreaker was 12-10. It wasn't, you know, I'll take I'll take the, the uh, uh, a buck 94 pricing on Sastovich to fade Bogdan, who barely got to this point and played a rather lengthy third set last time out. So yeah, I am I'm all about that uh that Sastovich price. Next up, Kudermatova minus cool. two twenty seven against Bethany Maddox Sands plus one seventy one. Um Kudermatova obviously deserves to be the favorite, but looks maybe just a little bit short. I'll start with you, Spread. What do you think of that line? Yeah, I mean that's kinda wild, right? I mean I didn't think BMS was gonna get out of the first round here. And this is where it sucks because I haven't done any tape study because I haven't watched any of the qualifying. I don't think we can, um, can we? Yeah, so that's why I'm, I'm treading lightly here because I don't know how she was able to get those wins. Uh, as a player that I'd pretty much written off as, as a doubles player at this point of her career, uh, to get two solid wins is kind of making me uh, wary. But if you just look at the numbers and you just look at the players, you're right that the numbers seem short, but I don't know if I'm going to dive in. What are you guys thinking? I'm totally opposite. I think that this is recency bias to the max. Um, I can't go really, really large on this because of Kudermatova's uh, form this season, but I liked her fight to come back from a set down uh, in her last match. And, you know, I, I do want to point out anyone who's rolled over Bethany Maddox Sands's uh, money line, I'll, I'll, I'll do it from the closing line of average of all books from Tennis Explorer. We'll be sitting on plus 1,500 right now. So, you know, wow. that's something if you really believed in Bethany this week. But I do believe that this is heavily based on uh, the two results uh, Maddox Sands has had this week. And I do, I'm a firm believer that every match is its own entity. And while Maddox Sands' form should be taken into account, I don't think beating Flipkins has any bearing or should have much bearing on the price of Kudermatova, who's a totally different opponent. So I'm going to go ahead and play Kudermatova here and lay, and lay some games because I think there's a huge overreaction. I'm not going to play it big because Maddox Sands has looked good and, you know, Kudermatova had, you know, went through a three-setter today, so I, I'm not going to go crazy with it. But I do believe there is, I firmly believe there's value in Kudermatova in yeah, this I think I'll be uh, grabbing her maybe as a parlay piece or something, maybe to look some sell some games. Um, as good as BMS has been playing, I think Kudermatova is just um, a few levels above her. Mladenovic minus 127, Herzog minus 102. What do you think here, Jorge? Oh, I, I really was firm on, on fading Mladenovic last time, and I'm not so keen on it this in this spot. Uh, now, of course, this is probably the spot to fade her. Because, you know, that's how it works. 
yeah, you want to fade, you lose, then you lay off, and then she loses the next time. But um, I would lean towards Kiki winning, but th- this price seems about right. And I just, I don't, I don't, I can create a path to victory for both women and, and see it being executed, and I'm, I'm not getting plus money on either side, so I, I don't see any incentive for me to get involved now, in this Now, I want to take a quick break from qualifiers before we hear your opinion spread, because I want to get you guys searching on the Twitter versus the internets. Because Odds Portal has Svitolina Muguruza. I'm sorry, Svitolina Muguruza market is canceled. Never mind, reading the wrong thing. Sorry, Spread. What do you think of Mladenovic Herzog? <laughs> so, this is a match I don't want to get involved in. And my main reason is I had pigeonholed Herzog as a clay quarter. And last year she proved that wrong. She had very good results on the hard courts. Um, so, I don't really know what to make of this. And then this is another one where not being able to see the qualifiers qualifying matches you know kind of hurts my handicap now um yeah i just yeah, I, I basically this is a good stay away i'll probably look at maybe an over here something like that um don't have the totals up in front of me but if you hang something in the neighborhood of 21 um look like the over there it is 21 yeah i like the it's over. 21 I think that's going to be a pretty strong play i yeah. think we get at least one seven five maybe even seven six here so We'll see how that goes. Um, next up in qualies, Sirona Kirstea, plus 123 against Carla Suarez-Navarro. Uh, one of our favorite hardcore players is a dog to someone in her retirement year. Um, I think we have to take a pretty big swing here. What do you think, Jorge? Yep. Yeah, this is another uh, qualifying match I will be involved in, absolutely. Uh, I think Suarez-Navarro was gifted. We talked about this on the scope. Um, for those that watched, will know that we, we we talked about how much of a gift she had for the first two rounds, um, which means I don't know how, how tested she's going to be against a uh, player like Kirstea. Uh, I, I think that this should be, yeah. at the very least, a pick em. Very least. If not a wrong woman favored situation. And we're not just getting you know the underdog here. We're getting it at, I'm seeing plus 125. Yeah, I'm seeing plus 124. Yeah, I'm pissed that it was opened 137 at uh, 365 oh, wow. and I'm hitting that right 146 now. at Pinnacle, but it only lasted 20 minutes and it was uh, before 8:30 in the morning Eastern time, long before I get up on a Sunday. So, um, <laughs> sadly, you know, I I, I I I am watching lines all the time, all day. I've got Odds Portal open. And I always check in and refresh just in case stuff moves and I can. Or, or new stuff opens, but um, wasn't able to here. I, there's still huge value, though. There's still over 30 cents of value, and I hate chasing, you know, a, a line that's already down 20 cents, but it was only up for, for you know, 20 minutes before it came crashing down um, by 5 cents, and then it was up for another hour or so uh, before it came crashing down the, the last 15. So, I, yeah. Uh, I'm in for yeah, I'm uh, for record keeping. For use plus one twenty three, but as you heard there, I found a plus one forty at Bookmaker. So there's still a couple stale lines out there. Double double triple check. So um, spreads likes Kirstea, we're all in there. Uh, Shay, a dog to Jennifer Brady. This is going to be interesting. Plus one eighteen, Brady minus one fifty six. What do you think, spread? Can uh, Shay junk ball Brady to death? And that's what I was going to ask you guys. I'm actually not sure, and I want to get your opinion on this. Um, we talked about, you know, younger players struggling with Shea, and that was one of the big reasons we took her yesterday. Does Brady qualify as that, or do we think that she has enough experience where this isn't going to bother her? No, this is this is a Shea bet for me. I have her winning well over half the time in this matchup. That's a huge yeah, edge I don't know for if me. it's... Okay. 
Um, and do you think do you think it's what we said that that she's going to struggle with the junk balling, being kind of a straightforward American player that just likes to serve and bash? Well, yeah, and the other the other part of it too. I think this, the, the 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 slightly quicker courts here are really helping Brady in terms of people backing her, and I think mm-hmm. people might read into that. And here's my thing too. I want to I want to preface this Shea bet because this is something where I could see myself betting large. And then posting it and then people saying, ha, she got routine, 6-2, 6-2. Well, yeah, this is one of those matches where I think the winner wins handily. The under might be a look here. But I could also see, you know, a third, like, it's hard. I don't like totals because I can I can see a lot of matches just going, being lopsided one way or the other. Or being relatively close if they're both uh, playing their, their best tennis. So, um, I don't usually handicap totals or I'm not very effective at it. But I would, I would... I would say if you're going to bet Shea, this is a spot where 2 nothing would be a good idea. If she wins that first set, I cannot see Jennifer Brady grinding out um, another two sets to, to get back in it uh, against someone who's going to make her stay on court forever and run her, run around uh, like crazy. So I think Shea is, is definitely a play, and I think the, the 2 nothing is also a play for me. If she gets routined, that's also a possibility. I have it as a very small percentage, but there's a chance... That Brady just hits through her and wins three and three. So I, I always like to tell my to, to tell followers, just because I love Shay in this spot does not mean that she has to dominate for me to bet multiple units. It's all about the percentage edge on the price to the uh, the implied probabilities of the price to where my percentage is. And I want to reiterate that as something very very important here because I hate when you see someone who is a great handicapper posts a big bet. And then people laugh when it gets its ass kicked. It's like, yeah, that's always a possibility. But the percentage yeah, play was read, still the I right one. I found out a plus 125 at five dimes. That was a unit and a half for me. I actually went two units on Kirstea, plus 140. Yeah. So a couple decent-sized bets for me in qualities. But um, like that. Oh, like look that at you. I like that. Bit. It sounds Here like we we're all on board there. Siniakova, a small dog to Van Udvank, plus 104. Van Udvank, minus 135. Um you know, you're supposed to bet on Siniakova when she's a dog, but it seems kind of like a, an opportunity to get a cheap price on ABU, but I don't know. Anything's possible. What do you see here, Spread? And this is where not being able to watch the qualifiers, I think, really hurts you. There's certain players, right? Like Kirstea, I, ha- I can see the scoreline and get a pretty good idea of her form. CSN, same deal. I can see the scoreline and get, get a pretty good idea of her form. Um, you know, Siniakova, I cannot. So I'm staying away from this match unless you guys can, you know, really give me a very persuasive argument just because uh, it's hard for me to tell which Siniakova we're going to get. And I know we do the uh, player as a dog, but since we're not really getting that much money um, on the dog price, I'm not really too excited about getting involved in this match. Uh, what do you guys, what yeah, do you guys think? Yeah, I think uh, I'm... Eileen Sinyakova, I think there might be a bit of value. I don't have pricing for it yet. I only have Bet365 at even money. Nothing from Pinnacle that I can see as of now. Nothing from Unibet. Uh, I'm looking at Odds Portal, so I, I have to go check because sometimes Odds Portal is a lot slower this year than they used to be with updating pricing and, and who's got it. But um, if that's the case, uh, I just don't have enough uh, pricing to go on it. Even money, Bet365, I probably pass. You know, I'm seeing other books like uh, Bet Victor and Betway. Betway, by the way, is is uh, a company that I might have to sign up with. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not seeing any pricing. If I can get like a plus 115, I might. I probably get involved. So yeah, I'm still waiting to see on that. Be one. Probably a first set over. I know I normally go under there, but the two of these um, 
play the two of these girls play very long first set. So if I could find even like an over ten and a half or something, um, that's something I'm going to be looking at. But stay away from me from the side perspective. All right, that's all six qualies. Let's jump into the actual first round lines. You've got Anna Samova minus two twenty seven against Stritzova plus one eighty three. Feels just about right to me. What do you think, Jorge? Yeah, I was looking at getting involved in this, and then I saw the outright prices, and I think that's a much better angle. So yeah, me too. I'm just going to leave my outright on Isamova. Yeah, I mean, I think it's lined about right. And um, honestly, I, I would even, since I don't have the outright, I'm almost tempted to jump in here um, and, and lay the games. And the idea would be that if she, if she wins right, she's probably going to win pretty easily. Yep. And a close match would favor Stritzova. So um, if I do get involved, I'll go ahead and lay. I see a three and a half, or I'd probably just go to minus four if I can get plus 100. That way, if I'm dead wrong, I'm not even eating any juice. It's just complete one unit loss. Um, so I lean Anasimova minus four here, but I don't know if I'm going to jump in. You know, we're already pretty involved here, and I don't want to force anything. Um, but I do think that she has the potential to, to pretty much yeah, roll this Yeah, I think that it's easily. a comfortable spot for her, but the pricing looks just about right here. Um, next match, Elise Mertens minus 222 against Wang Jiang plus 177. What do you think of the dog here spread? I, I wonder if there's a little value on, Jia, on Wang. Yeah, you know what? The main thing is the last week, and I know Jorge's going to slam me here for recency bias, but I really thought that that was a tournament she would be motivated for, and boy, that was a bad loss. I mean, I watched it, and um, you know, I don't, I don't want to discredit uh, Kung, but I mean, Wong lost the match. I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, she, she didn't play anywhere near her, her uh, top form that, that we know and love so much. So I have not jumped in there, but isn't this dogger pass, right? I don't want to lay minus 225 with Mertens here. So be interested to hear what you guys think. Yeah, again, this is a spot where I love the outright price to win the quarter a lot more than I like playing this match at, at you know, minus three and a half, four games. Um, I'm very content with sitting on a plus 400 uh, quarter ticket than to get involved. So another in, one do you think, in this think one. Wong is a live dog here? Well, the thing is, I'm like, am I already going to start so. hedging you're my right. quarter? Already there. I'm, just, <laughs> like, I'm looking around to see some other prices. I'm even seeing like plus 185s, things like that. It just seems like a little bit of value there. I'm going to do a little more homework on that one, though. Yeah. Um, next up. Allison Risk minus 127 against Owens Jabor plus 104. I've got Risk to win the quarter, so I'll probably leave this alone. What do you think, Spread? Any angle here you like? I'm not going to bet this match, but I did want to come back to it. You had mentioned that you thought that this was a a nice setup for for Risk, and I don't know if I think it's easy, as easy as you did. And I think the books kind of indicated, obviously, she's a slight favorite. Um, but Jabor, this is... Pretty much, I mean, uh, you know, close to, she should feel, you know, get some home support here, I'm thinking. I don't know, I could be wrong, not knowing the whole cultural etiquette there, but um, I'm thinking that this could be good conditions for Yeah, I think for, it's similar to the uh, scenario that Jorge was talking about, about betting Shea. I think that 
in the world where Risk wins this quarter, this match is super easy for her. She's coming out. She's serving well. She's hitting all her spots. She's playing Got the it. game. I don't think that Javor can really beat her if she's playing well. But to your point, there's definitely a mm-hmm. world in which Javor comes out, gets her off balance, and then does you know what Javor does, just kind of grinds her down and, and wins the match. So I think it's yep. more kind of something like that spread in the realm of possibilities. I think that there's maybe a greater possibility in the market thinks that she can come out and kind of serve her way through this quarter. Um, but at the same time, you're right. I can definitely see Javor winning this match. This price does make sense to me. Yeah, this and when you look at the matchup, I think that Jabor does have a lot of ways uh, and variety um, to beat Risk. I think that if she decides she needs to, she can be a returner and coax some errors out of Risk. And I also think that if Risk tries to play it a little too safe, that she can open up and blast the winners herself. So I do kind of like in the stylistic matchup here that Jabor has multiple paths to victory, where Risk is just going to have to be, um, you know, serving great and. and and dictating the points, well, so well, that's the reason why I would look at Jabor here. Remember too that Risk takes the ball really early, and that leaves less time for for players to move around the court uh, to to for their ball retrieval. And if that's the case, that's something that could really impact Own Jabor because she's not the greatest mover. Um, I think that's a kind of advantage for Risk uh, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But this is another spot where it, it, it's a lot like the the Mertens Wong match um, we just spoke about. If you have a quarter bet on it, I just I'd leave it alone because there's far more value in that than there is on the individual match here. Um, does Wong show a bit of value in the first round? Perhaps. Does Jabor show a bit of value? Perhaps. But you can also find value with Mertens and Risk in a different market on the outright. So it's 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 a really interesting situation. And I think once you make a decision to go with the outright, it's it's probably smarter to just leave it alone. If you don't have the outright, yeah, I I, I wouldn't fault you for jumping in on the other side. It's one of those. It'll Awkward be betting situation. Live if you're awake during the middle of the night, um, there'll be some good opportunities live. Although it's on at six thirty in the morning, maybe I'll get to watch that while I eat a very early breakfast. Now it's time for the moment that I've been waiting for. I don't know about you, spread, but Muguruza is playing Kim Kleisters, and uh, folks, Jorge had a really interesting <laughs> experience this morning. He woke up with a bunch more money in his betting account and is really mad about it. Um, you want to break that down, Jorge? Yeah, I didn't want that money. I, I I made an insane amount of wagers. I had 16 different bets on Bet365 exotic markets uh, between bet builders and all these exotic little uh, things you can bet. 16 of them on Kiki Bertens to beat uh, Kim Kleisters in some capacity. The money line was a buck 20, and then I woke up and Muguruza's line is a buck 15. But the spread went from four and a half at minus 138 at Bet365 to six and a half for Muguruza. How are you going to tell me that five cents on the money line is going to move two full games? And Spread and I were, were Spread mentioned it, and this is exactly what I think happened um, before the show, is that the book saw the money coming in on, on Barrettons and kind of said, oh boy, we are in trouble. If like I don't think anyone in the world was on Kim Kleisters, and I guarantee you, I know for a fact there are a ton of people that had between us we had thousands on uh, Bertens alone. So I'm sure there were tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of, of liability there overnight. And I don't know why Bet Three Six Five didn't move their lines um, unless the rest of the market wasn't on her. But this is it was ridiculous, and now they've adjusted. And the fact that they got a chance to adjust and like, do they not have enough advantages over the betting market already? And now you're going to give them, like, a freebie on, like, a huge liability area? 
God, that pisses me off, man. Like, they're so freaking lucky. They don't need luck. They've already got the VIG on their side. Well, it's a shame that you didn't get all your Kiki Burton's bets and the market got a chance to readjust. And it's not even just the money line. It's mostly the spreads. I mean, you got a chance to bet Burton's at minus five. It looks like they're hanging. Um, Muguruza minus six and a half. Um, I mean, this is... Even at minus 714, should we be parlaying every single thing with Muguruza spread? Yeah. And uh, real quick, just to bounce back to Burton's, I'm watching right now. Uh, I got the replay on. She was really emotional. I'm not, I, I was kind of surprised when I woke up and I saw that she had pulled out. But seeing how much this win in St. Petersburg meant to her and how, like, just emotionally her response was to winning. Uh, and now I see why she pulled out. I mean, this event in St. Petersburg meant a lot to her. And I think I might have undervalued that a bit. Um, going on to the match... Boy, does that suck, right? And I would have loved to see how much liability these books had on Kiki Burton's because, uh, and you uh, reminded me of her home country, but other than people in Belgium, who was trying to take Kim Kleister's there, right? I mean, didn't that seem like the easiest bet of the year? So I had the same thing. I woke up to a huge refund because I had gone heavy in that direction, and I think that by moving it to six and a half, um, that they've kind of got on the right path here, but... Um, yeah, I still think you throw in a parlay. Do you know on our little 25-leg yeah. uh, parlay challenge that we're trying to do? I, I busted out, so I think this is going to be my next one. <laughs> this will be the start of my next one right here. So, all that being said, there is still value in the market. The problem is it really only exists for me at Bet365. Um, and it's something that I don't, I don't tip because I refuse to tip things that only a small percentage of subscribers or even... If I'm bet if I'm betting it free, uh, the the betting public has access to. If you have if you have access to it, and you only lose, use your local. That's your problem. Um, if I can get like an ITF bet that's up at like literally five different books for Americans and ten different books for everyone outside of America, I'll tip it. But in these spots, that's not possible. So there is I've gone heavy on what we call a bet builder. They let you parlay little exotic things within the match. Muguruza to win the match two nothing, and Muguruza to win less than twelve and a half games. Um, so basically, uh, six any scores, six any score, and the bet wins is minus 138. I'm heavy on that. Um, I think she. this is an easy win for her. There's things like correct score group. So anyone listening that has bet 365, you can get plus 120. Um, it isn't the greatest number, so it's only a half unit. But for her to win, six love, six one, or six two in the first set. Uh, I've also got, there's just a lot of angles to attack. Player to break serve in the first set. Kim Kleister's no, so Garby holds every one of her service games. Um, and considering I think it's a quick first set, it also means she has to hold fewer service games, right? That's a plus 200 number. Uh, that's a that's a, a, a nice bet for me as well uh, in terms of staking because I think that's a huge edge. So there are ways to attack this, and I kind of want to give listeners that have access to these markets um, some of the things that I'm on. Um, but it, it's just it's, it's tough to tip them uh, on either one of my accounts because... It's, it, they're not widely accessible, and I hate people who who do who tip that stuff and then distort their record with it, and followers simply can't get access to it. All right, next up on the list, uh, Vondrusova playing Savastava. Uh, Vondrusova minus 250. Savastava right around plus 200 spread. I know you thought Savastava was live in this match. Are you shocked to see her at plus 200? Yeah, I mean, they want me to bet this match, right? And I think I'm going to have to at that number. Um, I do agree with your Vondrasova takes. Obviously, we're very high on her. Um, 
but I almost wonder if this is the market overreacting um, to how well she did last year. I, I think that stylistically it's a great matchup for if Sevastova can keep the ball low um, and kind of use the quicker speeds to her advantage. And I think that she also has kind of an underrated serve. Now her problem is, is that she's not consistent with her serve. And so if she doesn't serve well, then I lost my money and I throw it out the window. Um, but at plus 210, I'm willing to take a stab that she can get a high first serve percentage and, and kind of, um, you know, if she's able to do that, I, I do like her kind of in extended rallies here. So uh, I will be playing yeah, a little bit. That's interesting. I think I see some value. What do you think, Jorge? Is, is there value on the dog? Are you with spread and I? Uh, there might be a tiny bit of value I'm laying off just because these women are a combined um, uh, sorry, they've got three wins this season combined, and they've lost, I think, seven matches combined. Yeah, they're three and seven. Two of those three wins were against Arena Rodianova and Tatiana Maria. Okay, so they're one and seven against WTA players. <laughs> and that one win was Serena Williams. That kind of sums up this match to me. It is a WTF match. Like, what on God's green earth is going on here? Tomjanovic beats Sevastova 6-1-6-1. Kennan beats her 6-2, 6-2 at Fed Cup. And then Sevastova comes up and beats Serena Williams. I'm not going anywhere near this match. Uh, I, I have the only because I'm having trouble pricing it. I'm having trouble quantifying absolutely anything here. Vondrasova's looked like she should not be minus over 200 to anyone on the WTA right now. Uh, she hasn't beaten a single player that has you know uh, anything half decent to their game all season. And I don't know how you how you can bet Vondra. You certainly can't bet Vondra Sova, that's for sure. Do not put any money on Marquetta. She could win 6-1-6-1. Don't be results-oriented. That's a bad bet. Um, <laughs> it's, it's true. She could win this uh, a double bagel, and it would still be, in my mind, a bad bet before the match happens because there's just nothing to go on to justify that price here. And I, I do slightly agree with you there's value on Sevastova, but God. I mean, I can't, how do you, I can't bet, I can't bet her. I just can't quantify how big an edge that is because I don't know where she should be priced uh, considering her form this year and how yeah, bad she's this looked. This is a tough one. I think it's Sevastopol pass. Um, next up, Cannon minus 278 against Rybakina plus 218. Rybakina tired, coming off a long week, some travel, really tough spot here. Got to like Cannon, maybe even some alt spreads here. What do you think, Jorge? Oh, I like that. I, I mean, it's obvious to lay the games for me here. Matchup-wise, she's going to grind her down. She can deal with pace and redirect it well. You've got a long week for Rebekina, who's looked tired the last two days. Kennan's well-rested, coming off an Aussie Open Championship. All the factors, to me, screen that this line should be... I mean, it should it should really... And I know because Rebekina has looked so good, you can't make her a massive, massive dog. Um, but she should be. I mean, the situation dictates that she should be, uh, Kennan should be closer to minus, you know, 400 um, in this match. And I know that sounds crazy considering how good Rybakina is and how much we like her. But in this specific situation, it, it would be justified. Uh, I got her early on um, when, when the spread was still somewhat reasonable. So uh, I'm happy with the ticket I have. Um, but yeah, alt, maybe, maybe look at alt spreads here uh, to find some value because I think she rolls. And I wouldn't be surprised, and this is the this is the bummer. I wouldn't be surprised if she gets out to like a six two three love lead, and then Rybakina is like, I'm I'm gassed, I'm tired, you know, potentially jet lagged, and retires, and we all lose our tickets. Yeah, it's, or avoid our tickets. I'm, I'm right? fine doing that. You know, not losing a bet is never a bad thing. What do you think, Spread? 
I'm adding Kenan to Love my it. little 25 leg challenge. I like her here. And I did a separate one. And I don't know who I'm going to add her with, but I just did a two-teamer. And just laid the, I just laid the minus 260. I'll find someone else to throw in there with her. Um, but, yeah, I mean... You know what sucks is if it wasn't for the fatigue, wouldn't wouldn't you think awesome this is just a great, fresh. fascinating matchup? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But that's not the case, and I, I would favor Kenan even if they're both fresh. Um, but at yeah, but at this price, I I wouldn't bet it, you know, because I definitely think the Rabikina would have a shot. Um, but yeah, because of the current situation, yeah, I'm normally all over like you here, said, I'd be salivating at Rabikina plus two hundred against almost anybody, but. Not this week. Linda Benchich minus 133 against Pavly Yuchenkova right. plus 110. A lot of respect for Pavs there and her uh, hot start to the early season. Um, yeah. Man, I want to bet Benchich at that number, but she's just been rough. What do you think, Jorge? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think there's a lot of respect. I was hoping to bet Pavs. Um, I'm not seeing much of any value in this. I think they got this one right. Uh, Benchich should be a favorite. She's... Probably the better player and the defending champ, but Pavlyuchek was able to pull off upsets uh, as we've seen. So they, they got this one right. We'll give them credit for that. I want to know why Jorge wanted to bet Pavs here because he's usually the one chiding me about <laughs> recency bias, and that would be my reason that this number is 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 this way, right? Uh, well, no, because Pavlyuchek has had success in the past. She had a terrible year last year, but. She looks like uh-huh. she's back to the form that was that got her to you know a top fifteen player a few years back. So, I mean, it's it, it, for me, it's it's like recency bias is like Bogdan, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who's had a few good months, but we've seen her you know peak in, in decently, but she's never been really really good and or had a uh, like a sustained great one season. There's Pavs has Pavs has, has shown a lot of of great flashes. It's been a while, but but it's there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get your point, but I mean, Benchich hasn't exactly isn't inspiring here, and I think this is a much closer match than than a lot of people may think. And clearly, the market has agreed, and and then right, they've got it right. So I think also I got one more question for you because I actually was hovering over the Benchich bet, but the fun thing is I get to talk to you guys before I place them, so. You might end up saving me some money here. Stylistically, how do you think this um, turns out? You know, I th- we've talked about before about Benchich being a little underrated on her ability to create offense. Um, and Pavlyuchenkova, I kind of think that she's more comfortable um, being the counterpuncher as well. I kind of see Pavlyuchenkova maybe taking the initiative and, um, you know, being the bigger hitter, being the one that's kind of trying to dictate the points and control them, which I think leads into, uh, I think that that's good for Belinda. I mean, do, am I getting this right here, or do you think that I've, I've fundamentally missed something? Honestly, I think this is going to be, I wouldn't be surprised, and I, I can't say for certain, obviously, but I would not be surprised if this ended up seeing a lot of games go to deuce, quite a few extended rallies. I'm hoping, and my hope for this is when I watch it and do my tape study, that this match is exciting because this has the potential to be one hell of a match. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm not going to go near a bet here. And I think that I, these two players are, are fairly evenly matched. I, I like the way the pricing sits. I think Belinda has to be considered the favorite, um, but only a slight favorite. I and I mean, stylistically, same thing. They can both hit their way. They can both, you know, create 
um, openings and 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 you know space for themselves to hit winners or or you know run people to f- create forced errors. Um, and I think they can both potentially defend as well. I, I'm just hoping for an entertaining match with a lot of long rallies and some some nice angles and some right, nice the shots. Final match that we've got: Maria Sakari playing Arena. The Amazonian warrior princess Sabalanka, Sabs minus 182, Sakri plus 146. I guess that number's just about right, but um, man, I'm, I'm concerned as a Sabalanka fan. What do you think, Spread? Hey, can I ask yeah, qu- Jorge one more question about the Benchich match? Just because this is fascinating. So, Jorge, let's say this goes to a tiebreak. Usually in the tiebreak, I like the better server. I mean, who do you think would have an advantage in a tiebreak, and who do you think is the better server between these two? Because I kind of have them as even. Am I am I wrong here? Well, you know me and, and tiebreaks. I just I don't believe that unless you're like an Isner or Opelka, I don't think anyone has a clear advantage um, okay. in a tiebreak. I think it's whoever plays better for fifteen, you know, twelve to fifteen points. Uh, if it's a close one, um, it's such a mar- it's such a marginal thing that I I, I wouldn't I, I couldn't say who's got an advantage. Okay, cool. Um, so on to the Sabalenka Sakari match, right? This is going to be fantastic. This is one of our, you know, great, just pure contrast in styles, uh, with Sabalenka being probably the biggest hitter on the tour up there with, with Serena, and and Sakari just being the grinder that loves to get things back and can take advantage of a uh, aggressive player who's not in their top form. Um, how much fatigue do we have to worry about Sakari? I think that she got back in time, but that could definitely be an issue. Um, whereas Sabalenka, did she play Fed Cup? She I don't think she's Fed played Cup, since the Australian Open. Am I right there? She, I think she did play Fed Cup, yeah. Okay. Did she play well results. there? Or I, uh, I see missed if I can pull that up. Um, yeah, I think she had a couple matches that were solid, a couple that were a little rough. Uh, let me see if I can get that up officially. So, But she has played just a little bit, whereas you're right, Sakari's coming off the travel. And okay, so basically my idea here is that um, if you have to play this match, I think because of the pricing, you have to play Sakari. I'm not too excited to lay the minus 170, but at the same time, I don't see an edge at all, and, and I'm not going to play it unless you guys can make a compelling argument for and, and show me something that I missed here. No, you know, I, I think I like the I pricing here. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a... I don't want to lay games with Sabalenka because one, she can lose a set easily. Two, uh, she could win a lot. She likes she can win close sets as well. Um, but at the same time, Sakari's fatigue is, is kind of the wild card here. Uh, what level of fatigue she's at? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really see a great edge here. And with her, don't you feel like it's more mental fatigue than physical fatigue? I think that she's one of the fittest players on tour, but I think that the, that she gets mentally fatigued. And, um, you know, you see bad body language from her um, more than you see her kind of doing things that a tired player does, like uh, a lot of balls going in the net, especially on first serve or, you know, just not running down balls and kind of giving up points earlier. Uh, But the mental fatigue and kind of uh, not playing her game is, I think, a greater issue here uh, for Sakari. But, yeah, I don't really like betting on this match at all, but – I'll be rooting for your uh, for your favorite noobs because it'd be nice to have uh, nice to have her back and form. All right, gentlemen, really I think that covers her. just about everything. Unless you have anything else, um, we can wrap. You guys uh, good? 
Did you want to review one more time all yeah, the official plays? Real and, uh, uh, the right perspective, spread's got half a unit and 11.5 to 1 on um, Muguruza to win the tournament. Um, Jorge went a quarter unit on pocket aces to win the tournament. He found 28 to 1, but keep looking around. There's some 30s and 33s. Uh, half a unit on Mertens to win the first quarter as well for Jorge. Um, I think that was right around 4 to 1. Um, and then in terms of qualifiers, we're going to put a unit on Sastovich, a unit on Kirstea, a unit on Shea. Um, I don't think we came out with any first-round plays. Is there anything that we liked in those first-round matches? I think we kind of went back and forth and agreed that everything looked just about right. I mean, other than... Yeah, you took Savastava. I like Kenneth, which is about anything. Maybe the spread there right. as well. Um, what do you think? Did I miss anything, guys? Uh, we played yeah, three qualifying Yeah, the qualifying style. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, okay. guys. Perfect. Thank yep. you so Perfect. much for Great your time. Job, Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Um, we'd love a rating or review. Reach out to us on Twitter at NetworthPod with any questions or thoughts on what we could be doing better. And have a great week. Good luck in all your wagers.